everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am here with my co-host Lucas Gaynor and I am Patrick Lounsbury. We are here after a New Year's game yesterday. We're coming to you now on January 1st of 2022. How are you feeling this year, Lucas? You know, you feeling good? Did you have a good New Year's? Uh, yeah, I didn't do too much, man. Happy New Year to you, man. Hopefully all your blessings are in order. You get everything you want coming this this upcoming year, uh, but it was definitely a good way to end 2021 with a uh, with a re- victory over one of the best teams in the NBA. I don't know about you, but I was feeling pretty good after that victory over the Phoenix Suns, uh, 123-108. Yeah, man, it was it was super awesome. Happy New Year's. Um, had a good time just going out drinking, you know, hanging out with some friends and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, um, but man, getting a win against the Phoenix Suns, being the first Eastern team to get a win against the Phoenix Suns this year. Um, feels good. Feels really good. My best friend was in attendance. It was um, awesome to to know that he was there to watch his Phoenix Suns lose to my Boston Celtics because I got to text him and wish him a, a great year. You know. Um, also, the Suns were one game away from tying the most wins in a full calendar year. It was set by the Bulls back in '97. That was not 89 games won in a calendar year. The Suns had 88. They tied. They were tied with the Warriors back from 2017, I believe it was, um, at 88. And so that win, if they would have beat us, man, they would have tied the Bulls for the most uh, wins in a full calendar year. I'm glad we could play spoiler to that for sure. And you know, sorry to your friend, but definitely, I'm glad that uh, you got to send that. You know text to him after the game because listen the Celtics jumped out to a huge lead in the first half got all the way up to 30 points by halftime um our offense looked phenomenal um started running a lot of the offense through the high elbow um through Rob who had his first career triple double amazing game Patrick I mean I don't know how you felt but I was kind of going crazy like you said before the show man that was Rob's best game of his NBA career so just unbelievable, but it was good to see the offense run through the high post, a lot of off-ball cutting. Uh, our offense looked about as good, dare I say, as it has this entire season. Yeah, I mean, Robert Williams being the first NBA player to have a triple-double, five blocks, and shoot 100% from the field in a, a winning effort. Um, Got to love that, insane. Robert Williams. That's man. just insane. Yeah, the fact that he had five blocks too was crazy. I wish he was able to get like five steals. Getting like a nice five by five by five game, you know, would have just been like super crazy. But um, just happy for Robert Williams, man. He's worked really hard, uh, really busted his you know ass off to to get to where he's at on this team. He's bought into the system. He's responding every time Ime has criticism. You could tell that he really wants to get better and play at a higher level. So Robert Williams. Well deserved triple double. Glad we were able to pull away the win. I actually told my, I texted my buddy at halftime. He goes, "Man, we're down third. We can kill." I go, "Don't worry. The third quarter Celtics haven't showed up yet. Just watch." And uh, third quarter Celtics showed up for a minute there, and uh, he was like, "Oh my god, how'd you know that?" I go, "When you watch enough Celtics games, you just know. You just know." So, um, but yeah, watching Robert Williams have a good showing was was absolutely stunning, man. I, I enjoyed every minute of this game. Oh, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And like you said, I mean, it was good to hear from Ime. You know, he said somebody that's really responded well to his coaching was Rob, and I think that's pretty clear. I mean, Rob is playing with a sort of intensity, you know, dare I say the last month, you know, and pretty much the whole season, but especially in you know, the last few weeks when he's been active. He's been playing with the type of intensity I think that we haven't seen out, seen out of him before. Like, you know, I mentioned it the last couple of shows, man, it's, he's fighting for offensive rebounds like, you know, 
his life depends on it, really. And that's just wonderful to see. I love that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics worried me a little bit in that third quarter, but they ended up getting 33 points on the board, kind of matching the Suns shot for shot. I mean, we kind of had to expect the Suns, D-Book, Cam Johnson. We're going to start making a few more shots than they did in the first half. And, you know, it's just good to see the Celtics were able to stay with them. And like you said, I mean, listen, it's no secret the Celtics – blow leads. I mean, I'm just going to put it bluntly. I mean, they blow leads. That's what they do. They get up to a big lead. They can't hold it. So while the Suns cut it all the way down from 30 to uh, 12, maybe 11, um, it was good to see that that lead never got under 10, never got to single digits, and the Celtics closed it out. Um, and that was thanks to a wild Romeo layup that Patrick could tell us about. Yeah, man, that Romeo layup was insane. But I really wanted to get into like some of the first quarter things I saw was Marcus Smart returning to the lineup was huge. I thought huge. that kind of was under the radar in this game a bit because everybody played so well. But Marcus Smart returned back into action and his aggressiveness off like off the rip. And he had the first six points for the Celtics. He was getting to the rim. He was attacking. He was aggressive. And he, he brought the energy. Like he was the energy for this team. He was like that uh, engine that got the, the train rolling. In. And once he got rolling, it just trickled it to everybody else. And then you saw Robert Williams getting going. And it was just, that's where I was like, yeah, uh, I do know that Robert Williams had a, had a moment on the, on the fast break there where he got a steal too in this game. I don't remember what quarter it was in, but I thought it was hilarious because he tried to do it behind the back. <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of, of that uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown one that they tried to do earlier this year that we talked about. And I was just like, come on, Rob, like you, you won, you stole it. You were in front of the guy and you're bigger than him. Like, just go up there and yam it, bro. <laughs> like you don't even have to do the whole fancy thing. But, uh, no, man, I, I thought the, the Celtics came out with a lot more energy and intensity. They played a full 48 minutes, and that's all we were really asking for, man. Like, we can live with losses, right? Losses suck at the end of the day, but you can live with your team losing if you felt they gave an effort through 48 minutes, something that we haven't felt they've given us lately. And tonight or last night they were able to – or last morning, afternoon, they were able to really dig in and, and stay pretty consistent throughout the game, and they just, you know, they countered runs when the Suns went on like a eight Oh run, they countered and went on like a six Oh run. So able to keep the lead up and, and played very well throughout. Yeah, no, it's just amazing to see the 48 minutes of effort. That's all I wanted to see. Like I said, at the end of last show, as long as I see that 48 minutes of effort, I don't even really care about the outcome. Just so happens. The outcome was just wonderful. Uh, you know, blah, win over, you know, it's hard to believe Patrick. We're the first team in the East to beat the Suns this year. He said, that yeah, is first team. Wild. That just shows how good the. I think they were are. either six and zero or nine and zero going into the that game. And they they were missing DeAndre Ayton, but you can only play who's in front of you. Um, just some things. Hey, they beat us. They beat us without him already too when we were on that West Coast right. trip. So honestly, at this point, a win's a win. You know, given the state of the NBA with all these players missing so many games, so I'm not even gonna you know make that a big deal. But I think you know Patrick, the Celtics did a lot of things. You know, they had their effort in the right place. They were making threes at 37%, which is a lot better. Patrick, is that better than 4%? <laughs> Way better than 4%. Okay, perfect. I was just wondering. Because, you know, when the Celtics make open threes, I mean, they're a much different team. I, I'm, I hate to make things seem simple, but when the Celtics are making open threes, they're a much better team. And uh, they just need to make sure they can find that consistency, whether it be through, you know, guys on the roster or guys coming in from another team, you know, come the trade deadline. Um, the Celtics also out-rebounded the Suns. Celtics had 51 rebounds to the Suns' 37. Um, you know me. 
I'm a big rebound guy. They absolutely dominated the defensive glass, really. I mean, there were some, you know, offensive rebounds in the second half that I didn't love, but for the most part, the Celtics really did their job on the glass. Terrific to see. And uh, lastly, I mean, they had 17 more shots than the uh, – the Suns had 17 more shots than the Celtics, and we still managed to win this game by 15. So I just think the Celtics really played well. Um, you know, they didn't really force too many turnovers. They turned the ball over a lot. That was probably the – Arguably the worst part, 18 turnovers, but I don't really want to harp on that when the Southern game was as good a game they did. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I had another moment too. Um, in that first quarter, I noticed that Devin Booker was – he just blows by whoever guards him, Ooh. whether it was a, a guard on him. Like I watched him blow by Jalen Brown. I watched him blow by Robert Williams. It did not matter who it was. Like he just – his first step is insane. I just had to point that out. I don't know. Yeah, he I blew by don't... Horford and dunked on Jalen. Yeah, that was a beautiful play. Yeah. And then and then uh, Robert Williams in that first quarter ended with four points, three assists, five rebounds, and a steal. Just in the first quarter. I love that. Man was already on a mission. And then uh, also had to shout out my boy Romeo Langford with uh, a minute game. 25 in that first quarter. He hit a Euro step and one. Ooh, I don't. I text Lucas about it like as soon as it happened and on the game. I was like, bro, look at that. Look at that Euro, bro. So nice. Yeah. So clean. Uh, he's got a solid Euro step. I mean, listen, there's one thing you can count on for Romeo. It's a pretty good Euro step. Yeah, so I, I thought Romeo did a did a nice little move there. Boston ended up out of that first quarter, thirty two to twenty. That's where it kind of started. You know, twelve point difference in the first quarter, holding the Suns to twenty points in a quarter is tough, man. That's tough. And the fact that they were able to do it twenty points in the first quarter and do it twenty one in the second, forty one points and a half is 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 really impressive, especially against one of the best teams. Yeah, in no, the Celtics stepping up defensively. Obviously, getting Smart back was just a huge boost on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, he was really making Devin Booker work, and Devin Booker did not have a terrific game by any stretch of the imagination, shooting seven for 26. Uh, and, you know, obviously that was more than just Smart, but, you know, Smart obviously is, you know, the number one guy you're going to want to guard a player of the caliber of Devin Booker. So it was good to see Smart back in there uh, because without Smart, I feel like D-Book probably could have had a lot easier buckets. Um, but also smart on the offensive end, Patrick. You know, only 0 of 2 from 3. I love that he did not keep chucking, but he remained aggressive. He remained attacking the paint, whether it was to pass, to draw fouls, or to score inside the paint. You know, I just thought this was a really, really – I'm not going to say this is a perfect game for Marcus Smart because <coughs> it's impossible to have a perfect game. And, you know, he could have maybe done a couple things better, but it was about as close as you can really get. I mean – he was awesome across the board, and it was just really, really reassuring to see him. Because, uh, you know, Patrick, we've been talking about it. Like, when the Celtics – I mean, we weren't down, but when the Celtics get down, they like to chuck threes. They just have a tendency to chuck threes. And, uh, you know, a guy like Smart, who's a passable shooter now at this stage of his career, just good to see him, you know, putting that pressure on the rim over and over and over again, especially when a guy like DeAndre Ayton isn't around to protect the paint. Uh, it was just a wonderful game for Marcus all around. Absolutely love to see that. Yeah, and I also think that Marcus Smart kind of got the team to play a little bit more bully ball. I even saw Paint Pritchard drive in under the basket, put his shoulder into Michael Bridges, who is one of the league's best defenders, get separation, get an easy like layup under the the basket. So him kind of like setting that edge, setting that tone um, is very important. I think that adds a lot more value to the Celtics as well. But Marcus Smart, man, inspirational helps the team get rolling love the aggressiveness 
Um, and then also wanted to talk about in that first half was our off-ball cutting. This team was moving off the ball the most I've seen them ever move off the ball in my whole entire like time watching them this year. Maybe in a while, to be honest. They were they were moving, they're cutting, they're as soon as they play over the top too much, you see Jalen Brown backdoor, boom. You know, you see Romeo backdoor, boom, and, and you see the bigs hitting them. And that's why the bigs were able to to get everybody else involved was because they weren't just trying to get open on the perimeter when they're hedging too hard on the perimeter, you know, you just you cut. And sometimes the layup's there, and they got a lot of easy buckets to get them going. And on top of it, the Celtics bench deserves some credit because they actually had the most points in the first half this season for the bench unit. They had over 30 points in that first half. And the Celtics, you know, getting almost half their points from the bench unit was huge. That's how you that's how you win games more completely, especially when you're not as talented and you're more top-heavy in talent. And the Celtics found ways to get, to get the ball in the league. Yeah, and Ime decided just to go with the eight players. Uh, didn't really dive into any of the 10-day guys, uh, Wancho or Hauser, anything like that. Kind of shortened the rotation, so it was good to see, uh, you know, Pritchard, Romeo, and Jay Rich step up, um, you know, off the bench as well. But, I mean, like you said, you know, Smart kind of sets the tone, you know, and you, you could really just feel the energy of the team. I don't know if I said this off-air or on-air last episode. When a guy like Smart is on the court, you know, it just raises the energy level because if you have one guy throwing his body around, you know, diving on the floor for loose balls, anything like that, you know, it's just going to raise the level of everyone around him because they don't, you know, they got to match that energy to some degree. You can't just have one guy hustling his butt off and everybody else, you know, standing around not doing anything. So I just really can't emphasize how good it was to have Smart back in the game. Um, but, yeah, overall, and then I think we can get to the second half now a little bit. I mean, you touched on the third quarter briefly. Uh in the third quarter, defense definitely slipped, but our offense pretty much stayed uh, stride for stride with them there in the third quarter. Yeah, it was the defense that I had um, that was kind of an issue. Um, also, do you know how many points Chris Ball had in the first half? Off the top of my head? Two. two yeah. Four. It's two points. Oh, what about Devin Booker? Uh, I'll go with six. Eight. Oh, so, so Chris Paul and Booker combined for 10 points in the first half. It was their rookie um, uh, that they drafted. Uh, I don't know if he's a rookie anymore. Smith, though. Jaylen Smith was the guy yeah. who had 12. Yeah, he had 12 points in the first half for them. Just, just wanted to point that no, out. He's the so. second-year second year player. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, honestly, there's not a lot of tape on Jalen Smith. And he made a couple of wild, wild layups. Uh, you know, that I don't know how sustainable it is, but I don't think, uh, Patrick, you weren't really concerned about Jalen Smith going off and beating us though, right? No, that really wasn't. Right. So I'm going to live with Jalen Smith killing us. You know, if D book has eight and Chris Paul has two, that's about his best case scenario. First half as you could really ask for defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, second half, like I said, D book, he kind of got going, but he shot seven for 26. I mean, listen, not, Not great. <laughs> You're doing him a favor. Less than there. two makes a quarter. Yeah, you didn't know. Um, that that third quarter was was crazy though, because the Suns came out. They they were on a thirteen to six run to open out the quarter, and then Robert Williams at the eight twenty four mark had that block on Booker. I don't know. Ooh. Booker thought he was wide open or something, but Robert just like swallowed that block hole and was just. It was a huge turning point, I think, for the Celtics to kind of like go on their little run and and really help themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was a beautiful block. One of my favorite plays from the entire game. 
four of my five favorite uh, plays of, of this game were probably made by the man himself, the Dime Lord. Do we like that, Patrick? Over the Time Lord? I kind of like the Dime Lord. Dime Lord, uh, man. I, I'm, I'm like, I like the Time Lord, man. It's just so, it's nostalgic. It's it's classic. But the Dime Lord's not bad, Nick. Not bad. He was the Dime Lord against the Suns. You know, he can stay the Time Lord for good, but he was definitely the Dime Lord against the Suns. Um, the only guy who really killed us outside of, uh, like you said, Jalen Smith, was uh, Cam Johnson. Terrific player, man. Absolute sniper from three. I mean, a lot of people knocked him coming into the draft because he was older, but I just feel like people get really carried away with their draft evaluations when they come to factoring in age. Cam Johnson is a heck of a player. I mean, that pick was kind of clowned, honestly. It was kind of joked about when it was made at the time, and it really yeah. has panned out to be a really great pick. Um I would love a guy like Cam Johnson on our bench um, with that type of shot. But, yeah, he was getting going in the third quarter, man. He was really the uh, – I would say he's really the catalyst that, you know, kind of cut into our lead, cutting it down from 30 to about 15. Yeah, and then the guy that really turned it up in the third quarter for the Celtics to respond to their run was, you know, of course everybody was expecting you – know, the guy you'd expect to, you know, respond to any run. It's Grant Williams, you know. Grant <laughs> Williams went off in that third quarter, man. He was – he was bullying – Everybody, I don't know what it was. That's also the first time the Celtics started Grant Williams at small forward this season. How many shots do you think Grant took in the third quarter? <laughs> I'm gonna guess he took like ten shots. Oh, I don't know. Close, close. He had eight shots. He was four of eight. I mean, yeah, he, he scored nine points. Like you said, man, he was kind of just taking it to him. And honestly, Grant's development has just been really wonderful to see this year. He's just been one of the Celtics' most consistent players. And like you said, he kind of, you know staved off that run that Cam Johnson and the Suns are making. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody thought you were going to say Jalen Brown when you were talking about uh, the player you'd most expect. And Jalen had a good game in his own right. I know we haven't, you know, we haven't touched on him too much. He had 24 and 8 of 20 shooting. Not the most efficient night, but a good enough night for Jalen, I think. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Grant, man. Second in the league in three-point shooting, if you can believe that, 46.6%. That was as of yesterday, so it could have gone down a tick. No, Grant, I think it was one of three this game. Um, but, yeah, that's a huge development for the Celtics. I mean, out of all the guys we've drafted, drafted the last few years, I can't believe that Grant Williams is probably our number one floor spacer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and feel then, real to say out loud. Uh, I mean, last year was Pritchard that shot the best from three, and now this year looks like it's going to be Grant Williams on the team. So Pritchard has been good in his own right as far as shooting the ball as of late. He, he really has. Yeah, and then another another thing in that in that third, um, I also want to point out as much as like we gave credit to to Smart for defending Booker, the other person that was tasked with guarding Booker a lot of the time was Romeo, and Romeo was really good at staying in front of him. He ended that third quarter, the last Suns possession, he ended up getting a stop, and it looked like a deflection on Booker went on the other end, got the ball in transition, and hit the buzzer beater three to go oh, into that the was fourth huge. quarter. That like I, I, I thought it was way bigger than the him making the shot. It was the stop at the other end, mm-hmm. and then him to hit that was just like because you know Booker in an isolation situation. You thinking that's two points. All right, well we, that's negative two now because you didn't make it. And then Romeo goes and hits a three, so that's like a five point swing possibly. You never know. Like that that could have been a huge momentum change uh, for the Suns, but the, the Celtics were able to stand strong there, and Romeo made the. Back-to-back good plays on each end, and shout-out to Romeo, man. He played really good defense throughout the night. Yeah, you know, Romeo, if there's one thing you can't knock him for, man, it's his perimeter defense. I mean, he really knows how to move his feet, stay in front of a guy. He's, you know, strong enough to, you know, 
not get bodied by a lot of two guards in the league. Obviously, when you know you scale him up a little bit, up the lineup of three or four, he's going to get bodied a little bit more. But as far as guards are concerned, I mean, Romeo does a really good job playing defense. And you know, like we kind of, I kind of ragged on Romeo last show. And you know, listen, if we could, if I knew I was getting this from Romeo every night, you wouldn't hear a peep about me criticizing him. Um, but just so happened that you know this game against the Suns, Romeo was great shooting the ball, and you know that layup he made. Well, yeah, that I mentioned earlier, like it was kind of an up and under dipsy do. I don't know how on earth he even got to hit the backboard. Well, we'll call it luck. It happens. It was it was his night. This might be his best game this year. Romeo Lieber best game. I think so. And man, we really uh, really needed it honestly because a win against the uh, win against the Suns. He heard Lucas. He listens to the podcast, guys. I'm just Romeo, like, he uh, did that. Listen, I'm not gonna go full Stephen A. Smith and claim that I'm the reason he had a good game. Okay, but, you know, he definitely went against whatever I was saying last episode. But if we can get this consistently, like I said, man, I'm not going to be I'm not gonna be upset with Romeo at all, but I just feel like, you know, still lacking that consistency. But I don't want to harp on anything negative, you know, on the first day of 2022 after such a good win to end out 2021. Um, so, I don't know, we can move on to the fourth. You know, the lead got a little chipped down. Towards the late, I said to you before the show, Patrick, uh, my favorite part of this game is that the lead never got to single digits, and that's kind of sad to say, given the lead was up to thirty. But the Celtics showed—that's growth, though. That's growth. showed resilience, man. Exactly. All all we can ask for is progression. We end up winning this game by a pretty wide margin. So I don't know, man. I just I was really glad to see that the Celtics could stick it out through the uh, through the end of the game. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared in the fourth quarter. I was watching the fourth quarter. I see the twenty three point lead, and I'm like, "All right, you know, twenty three points. There's still time for us to lose this." That that was my first thought. And then I watched the Suns Trauma. come out on a fourteen to six run, and I go, "Yeah, this this seems about right." You know, like this is the team. It's fifteen point game with like ten minutes left in the in the fourth quarter, and I think they even got it down to like eleven with like six minutes left. Um, I think that's as, like where it was like the lowest at. Um, in a while, and I was just like six minutes, eleven points. Yeah, that's achievable. But the Celtics, you know, they stayed strong. They responded. They they had a, a really good sequence there. Um, I thought that uh, there was like that three twelve mark for Robert Williams with he had a huge block, and then uh, what ended up happening? The Suns ended up getting it. Booker was under the rim, and Richardson and Grant blocked him oh, at the same time. Was it was awesome like a sandwich play. block. Oh, yeah, I man. was yelling I just, at the TV for that one. That's for sure. I definitely started. I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, like, I was like, you can't get shit on us. You, ain't get, you know, I was going crazy. But uh, that was a great sequence right there. And ultimately, like, the Celtics defense locked up when they needed to. The offense scored when they had to at late in the in the game. And, you know, they only scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. So they're not proving themselves as a fourth quarter team at all by any means. But they close this one out and we get the win. Yeah, you know, that fourth quarter felt like the definition of a hang-on. Like they, their offense wasn't great, their defense wasn't great, but we got stops and we got buckets when we needed to keep the game at a safe distance. So I don't have many negative things to say about this game, man. I mean, this is about as good as a game as we could have hoped for following those two losses to, uh, you know, Minnesota and the Clippers. So I really was pleased with this game. You know, that'll bring us into the, I've said this a bunch of times, bring us to the easier January, easier February schedule. I'm really looking forward to see what this team can accomplish over over the next, you know, 60 days. 
Yeah, and we also had good news today as well. Um, Jason Tatum, um, out of protocol, has potential to play on Sunday against Orlando. So Celtics, if they, good... they get that would that'd be great. That's great news if he's able to return um, this soon because we were thinking this whole week, like, not going to have him. Yeah, I would love a good 20, 20, 25 minutes maybe. Fifth, even 15 to 20. Just ease him back in because, I mean, if the Celtics play half as good as they did against the Suns, we should probably be able to squeak out a big <laughs> over the Magic. Um, I do not want Jason coming back, obviously, and playing a full load if he's active. Like, just ease him back in. Let's not do anything too crazy. I think the Celtics, hopefully, knock on wood, should be able to, you know, take care of business against the Magic as long as they play with the same type of effort, same type of urgency as they did for most of the Suns game. And we will see if the uh, offense is continually run through the bigs as well, like Marcus Smart said he was hopeful for. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this Magic game, and hopefully we get Jason back. And uh, quickly, I just want to say, uh, just for a moment here, RIP Sam Jones. Uh, second most rings in NBA history. Absolute Celtics legend, NBA Hall of Famer. Passed away. It was tragic news. Uh, you know, I just wanted to give a shout out to Sam Jones, man, because he's a pillar of Boston Celtics history. And he definitely can't be forgot. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't like thinking about those earlier NBA days because things were so much different, but you know, he's part of NBA and more specifically Celtics history, and that was a tragic loss to the Celtics family. So I just want to shout out shout out our guy Sam Jones. Absolutely, man. All right, rest in peace to Sam Jones. And then a uh, Celtics-related death as well that the world experienced yesterday was, was Betty White, and I wanted to take a, a time to just acknowledge that, and, and hopefully her loved ones and her friends and stuff are going through it. But Betty White lived a wonderful life, 99 years, man. She was a part of pretty much everybody who's alive's history at this point. Like everybody knows who Betty White is and Betty White, you are a legend. You are recognized in sports, non-sports, um, in probably every person's home. And we all felt when, when she passed. Yeah, that was a tough one, man. It feels like we had a lot of those the past couple of years, man. And, uh, you know, just hopefully we're on to, you know, don't get as many of those in 2022. I guess that's all I can say. But RIP Betty White, RIP Sam Jones, two, two big losses to just, you know, the Celtics community and just the community at large when it comes to Betty White. Yes, sir. And I, I think that's going to do it for us. Did you have anything else you wanted to add today, Lucas? No, I think that's all for me. I mean, we'll be back here, you know, potentially uh, you're good to go tomorrow night maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, probably most likely after tomorrow night. We can uh, definitely for sure. What, what time would they play Orlando tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I mean, yeah, I actually, I think I'm late. I'm flying back to Chicago tomorrow night. So, um, if not, then we, we'll be back on Monday. Monday. Uh, yeah, I think Before we'll probably be here Monday actually instead. Um, but, you know, that's all from me. Make sure you go over to Manscaped, use that Hoopball 20 code. Get your 20% off your Manscaped items. You know, you got to get fresh. I know the holidays are over. No more holiday pictures. doesn't matter. Still got to look clean for yourself, for your girl, whoever, you know. Do it. Go to Manscaped. Use Hoopball 20. Get that 20% off. Save yourself a little extra money. I know the holidays make it tight. Yes, sir, man. Yes, Look sir. at you. Lucas knocking off that ad. Yes, sir. Yes. Make sure you guys head over to Manscaped. Get that Hoopball 20 again. Get that code. Yes, it's still Hoopball. We know it's Ethos Sports Celtics now. We're not we're not Hoopball anymore, but 
using the same promo code to get that 20% off. Also, make sure you guys head over to our Twitter. Um, you can find me at Ball and Opinions. You can find Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. You can also find the show at Ethos Celtics. Um, we live tweet during almost every home game, actually during almost every game that they play this year. And then also go head over to Spotify, stream us, let people know about us. Also, Apple Podcasts is super important. You give us a five-star rating, write a review. We really, really would appreciate it. It it helps us out a lot, gets us out there, lets people listen to us and, and expose us. So hope you guys have a wonderful start to your new year. And um, I got nothing else for you. Nothing else for me. Everybody, hope you have a blessed 2022. That's all from me. All right, Patrick, always a pleasure, man. All right, let's go.